less regular than a less regular thing well hang on H- how are you feeling oh i'm sore there are parts of me that are very very not good no but, but no sniffles because we were we in fairness we were gonna have a bit of a chat around chrissy mm. and and you and you were a bit poorly yes so you know it, it it's it's not like that we don't like speaking to each other no no, just, no no you're right i, I think, think it was mean it was just like that sort of i can smell holidays are coming and my body just went yes yeah, see ya um, and caught whatever summer cold was going around just before I started holidays. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. How have your summer holidays been, Stephen? They've been, they've been pretty relaxed, Dave. Um, relaxed? Well, yeah, yeah, like, we haven't gone any, um, like, gone out anywhere, like, gone away. We just kind of staycationed it. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished, uh, we being, um, my son and I finished our Marvel Marathon yesterday, um, so we're so pumped and ready for Captain Marvel and Avengers Game. It's not funny. Um, uh, look, it's been fun to watch the cricket. It hasn't been too hot. I've been walking. I, I, was, go- I was going to say, yeah, I, you know, I've been seeing some of your walking progress. So it's, I, I think to say that you've been, you know, taking it easy is not that accurate. Oh, well, but it's like there's no... There are very few alarms have been involved in that. And that's a good thing. It's just like, oh, well, when I wake up, I'll go for a walk and get it out of the way first thing. Unless I'm meeting someone or going to do something, and then it's like, well, I'll plan that and work that out. Um, it did mean that I, I hopped on the bike and rode down to Lennox Head to go for a walk on the beach with a friend. That was nice. Nice. Um, it was a nice day out, actually, because some other friends were staying at Casuarina Beach, so I stopped in and hung out with them for lunch. Um... Yeah, it, look, it's been it's been okay, but my body's been rejecting the idea of exercise pretty strongly. They, they, they tend to do that at first. Yeah, Dave, but I'm like 18, 19 days in straight mm. of just mm. l- lumbering around what is basically a 5K course, and uh, no. Now, listen, I, I I have had very, very limited internet for the past week or so. Sure. So... so I haven't seen the latest stats. Where are we up to, when I say we, where are you up to <laughs> with your 100Ks in 20 days? Um, so today uh, was day walk 18, and I've done like a walk, an intentional walk every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I started on Boxing Day because I thought, why not? Um, I am at, a, what am I, 94.3 kilometers for my 100 in 20 days. So you're going to nail it. Yeah, I'll finish it tomorrow. Hey! Stay early. No, not really. I mean, it's good. But the problem is that the jerk faces that said, hey, how about you do this? <laughs> then went, oh, you seem to have done this really easily. Um, let's make, let's see if you can do a thousand kilometers in a year. And I just went, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Because the only reason I'm doing this is because you challenged me to it. And now if you put that out there, it's like, I have to, I'm the worst, Dave. I'm, I'm a, you can't motivate me to do much. Um, unless I really want to do it. But if you want to challenge me to do something and I can look at it and see that it's yeah, it's probably achievable, 
then I'm probably going to do it. I mean, 100 k's in 20 days, seeing as you manage that, that makes 1,000 kilometres in a year seem very achievable. I mean, oh, you're, already te- you're already 10% of the way there. Heaps, though. I would, If, if I'm going to be really fair, I'll have to cut off, you know, what, the 26th to the 31st, seven days worth of kilometres. Mm, um, okay. Well, no, you don't. You just have... Who said that the year has to arbitrarily start on New Year's Day? Well, that is that is true. I could go through to Boxing Day. 26th I suspect... or 26th? If I push it hard, I'll be finished sometime in November, December. But yeah, meh. I mean, that's only if I do three k a day too. If, like my normal circuit is sort of four and a bit, five. So meh. Mm. Mm. We'll see, Dave. If it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. That's the bottom line. Mm, fair enough. So, and I also hear you've been attending Park Run. Well, I figured that. You know, because uh, I've got some friends that are big park run nuts. Um, and they said, oh, you should go along. Just go along, Steve. It's fine. Yeah, I said, I don't run. You don't have to run. Okay, well, I'll go for a walk. So I've been attending the local park run um, here in Forest Lake. So, so how many have you done now? This this was my third today. You know, Steve, what? If, you, if you do park run just one more time, you'll have done four more park runs than I've ever done. <laughs> It's not like it's, but this is the thing, right? Like I go, and and Forest Lake is pretty well attended. Like they held a special one on New Year's Day, and because I was, I think overtaken by, um, let's call it alcohol. I don't know. Some reason I decided to get up on on New Year's Day and go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were double ups because normally all the park runs happen at the same time. Yep. Um, but they they had like double ups on New Year's Day. And I think they do specials around you know different times where you can do two do one and then drive to the next one and do it. There were 500 people turn up and do the park run on New Year's Day. Wow. It was ludicrous. And I still came last. Um, Like, I I pushed myself so hard today, even with my sore knee that it has been... Like, it was a little bit twingy, and then we did some gardening, which I'll bore you with later. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it hurt... And then I thought, oh, oh, it'll get better. And then we did a little bit more gardening yesterday. Nowhere near as intense as the other day. And um, it's, uh, it hasn't come up well. Um, so it was pinging a little bit as I was walking. But I pushed myself probably harder than I should. I still didn't break an hour. Um, but by didn't break an hour, like I missed out by 12 seconds or something. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty good. And the, the course is 5.3 kilometers. Because for some reason, they said that extra 300 meters is necessary. Because um, <laughs> they're 5k courses, yeah. But yeah. based on the paths that we use for Forest Lake Park Run, it's like, well, like didn't want to move the start 150 meters away from where the um, the run director sits, which yep. is a nice little fixed mm-hmm. portico kind of vibe. And they didn't so, want to stop it 150 meters earlier at the other end. No, no, because the start finish line is the same place. It's the worst, right? Because for an OCD, oh, is it like a is it like a loop rather than a, a out and back? Is it? Yeah, yeah, right. So the completionist in me kill it kills me, and, and for someone that cares about order, um, <laughs> because when you walk, they've got the kilometer marks, you know, painted on like they've got the the arrows to know yep, where to turn yep, and which paths yep. to take. I mean, you do it once and you know where you're going, um, but the one kilometer and the four kilometer don't line up. Ooh. Oh, mm. yeah, I can Because see. they yeah. marked it as they walked out and walked back. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very clear that the difference between the four-kilometer mark and the one-kilometer mark is about 300 metres. 
yeah, that that I could I could see how that could get to you over time. Well, I'm, but I'm doing it, and I'm I'm holding up the rear, and actually it was the worst part on News Day. I'm doing it. I go from a walk, and you know I'm, I'm keeping my pace. I'm trying to do what I'm doing, listening to a podcast. And of course, all the runners, I just started at the back, just let the runners go out the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and people run like they run this, Dave. Oh, like I've, I've, I, I have seen them. I'm, I'm. I think today I passed about the k and a half mark, and the first, like the leaders, ran past me the other way. So they probably finished in you know twenty something minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, on on New Year's Day, everybody went. A whole bunch of people passed us on the way back. Um, I get to the point where I'm turning around and heading back. Um, four guys who I saw in the marshalling area at the start ran past me again. They were doing it again, oh, Dave. Oh, God. And they passed me before I finished. Oh, dear. Sons of bitches. Um, so, look, it's fine. I'm getting used to sitting at the back and just watching there. I get to know a lot of people because I see all their faces run past me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all right. You know, I'd, I'd, well, I say I finished last. I didn't finish totally last today. But, you know, I look at it and go, well, the guy that was behind me, this was his first park run. It's the most exercise he's done in 20 years. This is not big ups for me. Like, <laughs> me, uh, the worst part is, Dave, um, and you won't know this because you're not a, um, a park run person and mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be. Not at all. Um, they send you your result every day. Oh, right. Like, after you yeah. do it. That's cool. And so congratulations on completing your third park run. And your third Forest Lake Park run today. Blah, blah, blah. You finished, ready for this, in 124th place. Mm. <laughs> and was the 65th male out of a field of 131 park runners. And you came sixth in your age category, 45 to 49. 49. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You achieved an age-graded score of not very good. Um, stuff. Mm. So I think it even tells me my time. According to it, my time was 10106. But according to Strava, it was like one oh, uh, one an hour flat and about a handful of seconds, 30, 40 seconds. Right. So you, you get reminded, they post photos on the, the, the Parkrun Facebook page, your friends can go and see you, you know, looking all hot and sweaty and bothered. It's a great time for everyone. <laughs> it, it still sounds a little bit more like you, you're con- trying to convince yourself more than you're trying to convince me, Stephen. It's it's an opportunity for me to be uh, like additionally accountable, mm-hmm. and I'm intrigued in the nature of com- the community that that happens because it's all volunteer run. Uh, there are sponsors that provide them with flags and those sorts of things, uh, but there's no um, like I'm the boss of Park Run. Come and listen to me. So there's a different yeah. Park Run director each week. There's different volunteers um, that are standing there and cheering you on and making sure you walk on the the right path and those sorts of things that's it mm-hmm. um, they've got first aiders so that if someone has a heart attack they can turn up and give you a defib and, and those sorts of things um, but yeah it's just a thing it's fine it's just another walk right it's a it's a different track that isn't far from where I live see we so usually on a Saturday morning Rach and I uh, go for a walk down to the the farmers markets here in well, they move around. They're either in Albury or in Wodonga. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on which one we go to, the um, you end up sort of going past um, the parkrun people. So yes. the, the Albury, the Albury uh, location for the farmer's market is um, pretty much 
couple hundred meters away from the the park run start finish. Well, you guys could go and do park run and then go to the farmers market. Uh, no, look, I'll I'll get to my park run feel, feelings soon enough, Stephen. Okay. Um, or the other the other thing is, see, the park run here goes through Norial Park, which is uh, near the river in Albury. Yes. Uh, goes across a bridge and over to uh, the the Lincoln Causeway, which right. is uh, officially part of Wodonga, with the river there obviously being the border. So if we w- want to go to the, the farmer's market that are also on the Lincoln Causeway, we have to go through the park runners. So one way or another, we sort of bump into them as we, we're doing our Saturday sure. morning walk. Uh, so I, I see, the, I, I see, you know, what you're talking about, the, the variety of people, the different paces, the far, you know, there are some fast buggers up the front and, you know, all sorts of people in there and and I think that that is fantastic Stephen but I just the the running in a group thing absolutely sends chills up my spine I am just always paranoid that I am going to collect someone or they're going to run you know like just something bad is going to happen and and this was like like double down when uh, a friend of mine through work who is quite a committed runner was doing park run uh, in the lead up to an event a couple of years ago yeah and uh, and down here you know it's just they're just on the the paths in the in the local park which are designed not to have for having people you know six abreast (laughs) so (laughs) when you get a big group of people it gets a bit you know a bit willing and someone just stopped dead in front of him oh while he was you know at a reasonable clip uh, so he pulled up, managed to not uh, run into them, but by putting as much pressure as he did and pulling up as quickly as he did, managed to snap um, uh, like the muscle in his calf Ooh. and then missed his event because it, the calf muscle didn't heal in time. And that just, that just mm, frightens me. And, you know, I like running. I like my music. I like to yep. be inside my own head. Uh you know, obviously, I have to look out for cars <laughs> going out on the road and stuff, but I, I find that less of a drama than being in a big group of people when I'm hot and sweaty and gross. So I, I this is all to say, more power to you because I, I can imagine that, that none of these objections are ones that you couldn't also make, uh, and yet you're overcoming them. So that's a good thing. Because yeah, you know, well, I, the, the I, I just is, can't Dave, do it. I can't. Yeah, do but it. you like actually go for a run. And and me now walking every day for the last, what is it, 18 days is the most consistent exercise I've done in about six years. Oh, that's good. That's excellent. No, that's how progress starts, Stephen. Apparently. Well, it's, look, you, you said yourself, you know, you've got your, your aim, you want to you get done in under an hour, right, mm. for your, your 5Ks. Well, the, the beauty of something like this is when you do... You can start then, uh, you know, setting higher goals. That's the fun part. <laughs> no, no, I break five. If I break an hour for five k's, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> well done. That's it. Nothing else to do here. No, 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 no. You got so much room to go yet, Stephen. So much room. How do you figure that, Dave Gorkrojan? Well, eventually, you're going to get to the point where you got where, when walking is going to bore you, right? I. I mean, I don't know, unless your psychology is dramatically different to what I imagine, at some point, five kilometres is, you're just going to find, you're going to find yourself going, I'm so bored of walking. I'm so bored. There are other things that I would like to be doing right now. 
Well, podcasts help with that for sure. And at that point, you're going to start moving a bit quicker. And 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 the beauty of it is, even if you only move, even if you only go for a bit of a jog for say a hundred meters, you know that that means you're going to get back a bit quicker than you would have otherwise. And then you know you can throw another hundred in here, another hundred there, and you know before you know it like your time will start dropping and then when that happens then that really starts to build that incentive to go well if i just do an extra 100 meters here and there and you know so on and so forth and you bring your time down heaps yeah the logistics of me adding in another 100 meters here and there though involve hills in my (laughs) where i live and that's not even better do the jogging on the downhill part no it's it might well Certainly my issues right now are that, you know, knee has to be a lot better because for me to jog on this, I'm going to smash it. Something will go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it's better, um, if I start jogging down the hill, there has to be an awful lot of stuff at the bottom to stop me. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to have me, you know, in their front yard, um, <laughs> in their front door. I mean, who knows? Oh, I know. I, knee, bra- knee braces are an inexpensive start to help you on your way. And, yeah, just, it's good. Have you, have you, have you uh, I'm going to guess I won't be the first person to have uh, brought this up, but have you looked at the Couch to 5K program? Um, I think you brought it up a while ago. Did I? Yeah. I, that, that does sound like me. That, you know, I, I, I am one of these. No one else has brought it up, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, fair income, Stephen Mock. I mean, I would believe if people are trying to, you know, harass you into doing this sort of stuff, this would have been one of the first ones that they brought up. Well, the one that the person that, that is mostly responsible for this is, is my workmate, and he's a cyclist. So he's, um, he said openly that, you know, when you're ready to spend a lot, of, a lot of money on a bike, I'll help you do it. And I said, I already have one. It's got a motor in it. <laughs> um, he didn't mean that one. <laughs> well, and I, I guess, you know, oh, look, again... So you, I'm so petty. So the, the idea of road cycling as exercise to me sort of, you know, I'm sure to a lot of people, uh, part of the appeal is you get to go long distances and see things in the time that you're on the bike while you're mm. getting your exercise. But for me, that's just like mentally I just go, I've got to go how far mm. to get the same amount of exercise as if I just go for a run? I'm just going for a run, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know that's stupid, right? <laughs> like, like, at some point I realise it's, it's exercise one way or the other. And yes. obviously, you know, cycling has got to be a hell of a lot less um, uh, uh, oh, damaging um, mm. on the knees and bits and pieces than, than, than running does. Um, you know, like, it's got to be far lower impact. Yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah, somehow in, in my head, uh, running for an hour... And covering ten k's, yeah, is is better than being on the bike and knowing that for that, if you're going to ride for an hour, well, you're going to have to go, you know, forty or fifty k's. Oh, that's just ridiculous, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know why that my head works that way. It just does. You're really not helping me want to stick with this whole like exercise activity thing. Oh no, it's, but it's good. Listen, here's the thing. Yes. The, the, it's better the, be good, Dave. We're going to tell you right now. Well, well, look, the one thing that you're missing out on at the moment... Yes. Is... It's not endorphins, I can tell you that. Really? Are you, you're getting that buzz? 
I'm getting a buzz, but normally it's that, thank God, this is now the longest period of time between when I have to do a walk again. <laughs> it's like relief endorphins. <laughs> well, that that's something. Sure. Yeah, uh, look, uh, look I, I will admit, I, I have said before that, you know, that I don't necessarily love running, but I do love stopping. It is mm. pretty good. <laughs> pretty big fan of stopping. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know, but it's 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 a weird thing. Like I was I was horrible at exercising forever. Yeah. Um, it, it really is only the last two years that I've been able to put together any kind of um, sustained exercise. Mm. Um, I would sort of do it in bursts previously and I'd get injured or or I, I'd see some improvement and go oh that's good I've done now I don't I don't need to do it anymore sure. um, which you know what turns out that's not actually a winning strategy hmm. so <laughs> just to, just in case you were planning to maybe play that card at some point Stephen uh, yeah it doesn't work it's mm. yeah nah uh, so yeah it, it is it's a hard one and, and of course it's one of those frustrating things because you know, like intellectually, you know, you, you know, you, almost all of us, we need some more exercise. We work mm. sedentary jobs. Like, yep. uh, yeah, uh, you know, fitness trackers and things like that are, are, are like a massive eye opener mm. to most of us. You go, oh, no, I move heaps. And then you, no. you actually look at it and it's just like, oh, no, I, no, I don't. I just, I remember the first fitness thing I bought was like the original Fitbit. Yep. You know, the one with the little five lights and yep. a buzz and do not much else. So I bought that just before I went to Singapore for work one time. So that's gotta be eight hundred years ago. Yeah, it's gotta be a fair while back. Anyway, um and like over there I was nailing my ten thousand steps every day. I'm mm. like, this is easy. For sure. Uh, but then, of course, I got home. And you know what the difference was when I got home, Steve? I didn't. Well, I didn't have to walk to the train station every day because I work from home. <laughs> so, mm. um, you know, I didn't have to walk from one building in the office park to yes. the other area where the food courts were. Sure. Because I work at home and I have a kitchen in the very next room to where I like stand and do my yeah. work. And all of a sudden, I went from like just smashing... Uh, 10,000 steps a day without feeling like I was making any effort yep. to checking into the app at the end of the day. It's like, you've done 1,600 steps. I'm just like, what? This can't yeah. be right. Yeah. I, yeah, it's... Oh, it, mate, when, it was the same problem for me when I worked from home um, in that I had the time to get up and go for a walk easily, you know, uh, particularly because my bosses and overlords were, um, you know, 16, 17 hours behind me. Um, so their work day finished at about 10 a.m. Um, so I could go and do whatever, you know, go and do, go for a walk at lunch. Really simple. Come back, showers here, everything's here. Mm. Um, but di- didn't always have to. And then when I travelled, I was like, well, you know, there's an opportunity. The problem was travelling to particularly Canada. Um, I usually only ever went over there when it was winter or winterish. So that meant that the most walking that you did was from the hotel to your car in the snow. Um, and then from the car to the office. So it wasn't mm. even like I had the Singapore situation. I was like, no, 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 you don't have to walk very much at all. So sp- speaking of you know where you're working, have you figured out a plan yet 
to integrate your walk, integrate your walking into your work schedule. Like, like, how is this? Are you going to be able to sustain this when you know you actually have to be somewhere at some time more often than not? Yeah. Look, I think. Well, because it's it's only have to go to work, so I think it's a case of I just if I get up and do it before work, at least during summer and and um, you know the first bit of autumn and the last bit of spring. Hang on, um, hang on. You don't even have winter up there. Don't start with me. We look. We have a good two or three weeks, um, and mostly it's a rain. That's mm. how you know it's a winter rain. <laughs> um, and it does get. I have to put a jumper on and everything, Dave. Oh. Um, uh. You poor thing. Yeah, I know. That's how it is. And during winter, it might be lunch times, you know. Mm. And it, but I'll have to plan my days pretty well because I have no like easy access shower facilities, though there are some. Um, uh, and it'll just be a case of well, I make, need to make sure there's no afternoon meetings on, so I don't have to change. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can just be stinky until I go home. Sounds good. Well, I'm glad you're giving it some thought. So apart from being a bit sore and, you know, wishing you didn't have to walk <laughs> every time you stop, mm. have you seen any positive side effects yet? Oh, my my lovely wife announced the other day that I've lost weight off the top of my feet. <laughs> Which is exactly what I was aiming for, Dave. I mean, those things really needed to just slim down. Um, and... Uh... How, how did she come to notice that specifically, Steve? Oh, I, I think because she was being very generous and washed the dirt off my feet after our big first gardening day. Um, like, And by washed, I mean scrubbed the dirt off my feet. Um, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but... Uh, so, what, I mean, what else? like clothes aren't fitting better yet. Is it is it um, affecting your sleep positively? I'm, I'm going to bed earlier. Mm-hmm. That's, That's definitely good. a thing. Yeah, it's um, good. It's I'm healthy. Not really, I'm not achieving things. Um, you know, I used to achieve so much by sitting up and doing nothing. Now I'm not achieving any of those things that I wasn't <laughs> doing. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm sleeping better. I'm, I'm feeling better within myself, which I know is like, oh, that's half the battle. And now half the battle is half the battle. Um, it's just got to be a case of getting up and doing it. As it, it I have to do it. Hmm. And once I've got that into a proper you know, kind of, I'm in the zone and that's a thing. <sighs> then I have to, I mean, not that I eat heaps or eat horribly anyway, um, but it'll be a very intentional, if, well, if I want to, you know, really get some kicks losing some weight with this, I need to do something about what I do and don't eat. Yeah, the the big thing for me when I had to go through my weight loss was actually, it, it wasn't so much um, strictly ca- counting calories, it it but it was looking at what the you know the the diet part of the program talked about and like the sort of foods that it, that was saying you, you can have this and then realizing stuff about portion sizes and you know what you could like what calories came in like an average sort of thing that you might eat mm. that I was just I was just completely oblivious to um, and. So, from that perspective, because like I just didn't go that hardcore. You will eat this many calories a day and no more. But I did go. Okay, well, if that's about where I want to be aiming, if I'm you know active anyway, it really doesn't matter a little bit one way or the other. 
but it means that you know cutting out stuff um, that previously I just wouldn't have thought about mm. um, that made a big difference. So like for for me, it was you know, cutting down, especially the size of lunch, mm. which was something where I, I could just and I, I could just graze forever on lunch, um, and knocking out dessert. And that became easier because I wanted to be in bed by like nine o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but it, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you you can do it without it having to be a, a, a massive upset to your life. Because I I do think that if it is too dramatic, it, it's just too hard to stick with. Mm. Like and, and like anything, if it's too hard to to stay on the wagon you just you fall off and you go well and it's very easy to give like give the gains away at that point you go oh well it's too hard today so it'll be too hard tomorrow and now I just might might as well not bother I think yeah part of that challenge is just sort of going oh well I've missed a day but I'll just keep going that's a blip yeah this is this is a very depressing conversation broadly um because who wants to tune in and listen to two guys talk about losing weight and walking Hooray! <laughs> well, but it's important, Stephen, because here's the thing. Given the infrequency of our recording schedule, yes, if we want to get to you know a couple of hundred episodes, wait, we're going to, need to make Look, sure you by 2021, sure. <laughs> we're going to need to make sure that you know that you're taking care of yourself. So it's yeah, look, 2021's a good out date for me. That sounds fine. <laughs> it's it's important for me that that you are as well as you can be. Thanks, Dave. And I'm it's sure important it's important. I'm sure it's important to your lovely wife. As yeah, well. apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, important things. Mm. Did you buy yourself a, like a, a new pair of walking shoes? Um, the walking shoes that I had were still in reasonably pretty good nick, mm-hmm. so they're getting punished right now. I didn't do what um, uh, a friend of mine, so I, a guy that I w- work with in a national context, he's he's in charge of uh, youth for the Uniting Church in Vic Taz. Um, he went and bought, he, he decided he'll get involved in Mock 100 as well, and he's walking, he's doing the 100Ks. In fact, tomorrow morning we're planning to go and simultaneously finish our 100Ks together. Uh, at the same time in two different states. Um, he bought new shoes and just absolutely got blistered to all buggery. Oh. Uh, yeah, on like the, the first or second use of them. Uh, I just went, oh, I remember that. I hate blisters. That would suck. That so would he's, suck. he's doing better now, but it was just like that first part was like, no. Well, so here's the thing. So you're supposed to... I'm going to guess this is probably the running shoe companies who tell us this. Sure. But you're probably you're supposed to to change your shoes over every you know four to six hundred kilometres. Sure. Right. Well, I'll definitely do that this year if I'm going to do a thousand. Well, there you go. Well, so, see, like this can because be part... I'll have to because they're not going to make it to the end of that. No. So this this can be part of the target setting. You can pick yourself out a snazzy pair of shoes. Well, mate, I can pick out a snazzy pair of shoes as much as I want to pick them out. Paying for them is a whole other thing. But I can certainly go, oh, they look like shoes. I mean, I'm also, I've never been super vacuous or, or whatever. Like, it, because it's shoes are always a practical thing for me. It's like they have to fit. They have to do the job that I'm buying them for. And that is it. 
So if they're walking shoes, they have to be comfortable. I have to feel like I'm going to walk and do okay in them, and that's it. Have you bought any um, any snazzy socks to to help you with your walking? Nah. Should I have? No, you don't have to. I I I only last year discovered the like toe socks. Yes. And I'm I'm completely in love with those. What are these? Well, 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 they're literally socks, but they go around like each of your toes individually. You're not talking about those shoes that do that, are you? No, 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 not the shoes. But just, just, just the socks at okay. this stage. But, but I, my, my feet blister horribly uh, when I hike or yes. um, when I run. Like, and my feet haven't been too bad lately, mainly because I haven't been putting in really big Ks. Um, uh, but I'm gonna have to try to over the next six weeks or so. So what, they're like gloves for your feet. They are. That is exactly what they're like. Uh, and I discovered those last last. Uh, yeah, last year, and I love them. Like, I haven't had blisters while running when using them at all. Um, so That's great. Whether that continues to happen uh, over the next six weeks as I sort of ramp up again for the uh, 10K run that I've got to do in February, uh, we'll, we'll soon see. But the, the performance of them compared to normal socks in the don't let Dave's feet turn into a... a big bloody pile of blisters. Yes. It has, yeah, they've been pretty good. Yeah, that's on the agenda. Don't let that happen. Oh, yeah, no. I don't need to tell you blister stories right now. That, that, no, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think, think, think that's helpful. I copped some cracking blisters um, back in, what was it, October, November, when I went down for the Channel 9 upfronts and was wearing a pair of boots that I like, but I didn't wear thick enough socks. And, uh, oh, baby, they were the only pair of shoes I took down. And wearing them home was just diabolical. Yep. Yep, that's never good. That's never good. Anyway, blisters are not great. I think we can all... That's a universal truth. Mm. Um, I haven't bought any fancy schmancy anything. It's the only thing that I think I'd really want, uh, and it's so low on the priority list of everything that it's not going to happen, um, would be a, uh, like an Apple Watch. But that's, you know, more than anything just to confirm that I am or I am not being active. And I know I'm being active because I'm out walking and Strava's looking after that. I've got to tell you. So but I, there is lots of incidental ex- exercise happening now that I feel very miffed about that I'm just not recording. <laughs> You're just not getting it. No, I, 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 no I was, credit. That's what I'm getting. No I, credit. I know exactly what you what you mean. I, I, I have that, that same issue. Like So when I bought the Apple Watch, primarily the idea for it was this, I want something to track my running better sure. than having the phone in my pocket. And, you know, and I wanted... To, and although the Apple Watch isn't rated as the the, the best for that, mm. uh, it's rated as a good enough. But it has the bonus that I really wanted of you can you know, connect to your phone. You can well not e- no not even that because I didn't get a cellular one. But um, you can uh, play your music off it like without yes. taking your phone with you. Yes. That was that and that that was the big. What well, get good Bluetooth? Yeah, you know, or I'll get like AirPods. AirPods. AirPods yep. AirPods and the watch, and and that's so what it. you can download an amount of music onto your phone or podcasts, I would imagine. Uh, podcasts are a bit harder because it's, it's for a long time the, getting stuff onto the Apple Watch has been problematic. But what I've got, I've got maybe three different playlists from um, iTunes that yes. I that I have loaded up on there, and I switch between those three for running. Nice, and yeah, it's it. good. So AirPods, watch out the door. That's it. It's fantastic. Sometimes even wish. Well, I'm going to say there's probably a Strava app that means exactly the same thing, right? 
He says unknowingly. Um, uh, yeah, look, there may be. See, see, I used to use RunKeeper when yep. I was on using the phone for all that sort of stuff. Yes. And so one of the things that I was looking out for with the Apple Watch was, oh, does it have a RunKeeper app? Uh, and it turned out that they did, but it was absolutely pants. Useless. It was yeah. horrible. It was just absolutely hopeless. And I don't know whether it just wasn't hitting the GPS often enough or yep. whatever. It was just gross. Um, so then I tried the Nike Run app because it was you know one that yeah. came with the watch and it was no better. It was like, eh. Uh, and then finally I'm just flicking around. I mean, we are a couple of generations of Apple Watch later now, though. Uh, well, this was see this no, this was only twelve months ago that I got my oh, okay. Apple Watch though. Um, but uh, then I look had a look at the just the built-in Apple Watch workout app, and it is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like it is brilliant. It is so good. Uh, and so I went from thinking, well, I'll have the watch and I'll just put it on in the morning because I, I have been a watch wearer for ages. Yeah. But I, I thought I'll just take that off and I'll wear my normal watch through the day. Mm. Um, but I just got so used to having it and wearing it and getting the notifications and all the other little bits and pieces. And as you say, tracking all that incidental uh, activity Yes. that I then I'll now just wear it nonstop apart from when I smashed it a couple of months ago and I had to go through the whole horror of uh, the Apple repair process, which basically yes. is we'll sell you a new one at a slight discount <laughs> because it's too hard to repair these things. Well, if it was less than 12 months old, anyway, I'm not going to argue Yeah, uh, no, they were just like, no, nah, that looks like you bumped it into something. That looks yeah. like a crack. So, yeah. <laughs> my, my, I mean, I haven't worn a watch in probably 10 years plus now because of exactly this, like watches on my phone. Mm. Um, but there's stuff on the Apple Watch that makes me go, oh, cheap, you can, it'd be nice. Um, but my, my problem is that there is something in my sweat that, that I'm, I'm toxic to steel stainless steel whatever whatever um michelle got me a, like a decent watch at one point and i you know, did what you do you wore it all the time um and i noticed that the like i don't know if it was the stainless steel or the casing or something underneath it was just corroding away and it's not like i dip my hand in acid every day it's just my sweat it's pretty hardcore Stephen. and my, my fear is that if i got an apple watch it would eat away at the casing. Well, well, well. Let's see. The good news is that means you, it, if you, you don't like stainless steel, you could get the aluminium ones, and they're cheaper. That's yeah, a, you know, that's a good outcome. Gonna, I don't know which is going to work better. I don't, even, I don't know. Anyway, I can't afford either of them. It's not even a thing. Dave, what did you get for Christmas? Ooh, what did I get for Christmas? I, I got a mattress. Great, that's good. <laughs> I got, a, I got an internet mattress, Steve. Oh, which one? Uh, an Ecosa, and enjoying nice, good. Yeah, it is. Well, it, like our old one was probably about fourteen years old, so it yes. was. I think we were due. Yes. Uh, and after sort of you know going, yeah, yeah, mattress is still pretty good. You hop on the new one and you go, oh, oh, oh this is actually much better. <laughs> yeah, we tried a koala one for the hundred days or whatever it was, and I loved it, and Michelle didn't. Oh so I guess no, where that mattress went. Yeah, yeah, straight back. Yep. So yeah, so we. we the, what prompted that was we actually needed to buy a mattress for Rupert because his actually was trashed. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we was like, oh, well, if we're buying him one, we'll get ourselves one as well. And so then the mattresses rock up uh, one day while Rachel's at work and the kids are at school. And I sent her a message going, hey, do, do you reckon we should, like, wrap this as a Christmas present? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes. So yes, the kids definitely. get home and there is this massive, 
heavy box addressed to Rupert for Christmas. And he's got no idea what it is. And he's That's just like... <gasps> and it came like pretty early December. So we, we got, you know... Nice. We got three weeks of him just going, what the hell is it? Yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. So um, you and Rupert got a mattress each? Yep. Yep. Well, you know, to be fair, mine was shared with Rage. Oh, like, yeah. it's, not, it's not just just me. Like, Rach is allowed to sleep in my bed. Yes. Or, yeah, to be honest, I'm allowed to sleep in hers. Close <laughs> to the point. Yep, I hear you. Um, what did I get? I got um, a few books, uh, as per usual, and I'm trying to think. It just seems so long ago, Stephen. This is why we should have. We should have. It does, <laughs> but should, it actually is less than a month. Though we should have talked sooner. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking around the around the room and sort of go, what did I get? You know, nice shirts. Actually, quite a few nice shirts. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, some cologne. Yeah. It's a pretty dad Christmas, really. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What did you get? Um, I got the, the Lego Hogwarts Castle. That's oh! my combined birthday Christmas present. And I think I got, like, some Daryl Lee Rocky Road, and that was it. <laughs> like, that was the sum total of my presents. But that's all right. Um, because it was amazing. So, so tell me, did you, to make the experience last mm. longer, did you null out all of your bags of Lego before you assembled them, or did you just leave them in a pile and and ferret around in them to find the bit you wanted? No, no, no. So I have a process. Mm. First of all, we went and got it. Like, my birthday's the 18th. We mm. went on the Saturday before Christmas. So it, it came home and sat in its cardboard outer, so plain thing, um, under the tree for three days, four days, and I didn't touch it. You'd be very proud of me. And then even when I opened it on Christmas Day, didn't open it. Saved it for Boxing Day. Um, and my process is, so you open it, you get all of the bags, you get everything out, and then what I do is I stack the bags in order mm-hmm. so that I can just go, oh, next bag, next bag, next bag. Sure. Um, and work my way through that. And I did find that towards the end, because I was wanting it to last longer, uh, as the bag was open, I went through and uh, moved all of the parts into like coloured and sized piles. Yep, nulling. So that it was all ready to go. I could just get this bit, this bit, this bit, and, and fine. It was happy days. But early, it was like, no, nah, open it. Um, I don't mix them all together. If they come in separate bags, I keep them in separate piles for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but worked my way through all of that, and it was a solid probably two and a half day build. I started about lunchtime on Boxing Day. And a couple of late nights finished on the... When was that? Boxing Day is the Wednesday. was finished on Friday. Nice. Because I couldn't not. Like, there are lots of little parts. It is little, little town. I I, I saw your photo of, like, the... It doesn't have... what In the thing, it doesn't have minifigs. It has microfigs. Microfigs, where their base is, like, as big as a Lego dot. Uh, And then... Because they've done it to scale in that regard. So the microfigs are scaled to fit the dimensions of everything else. That's so, cool. Yeah, it, it, it means that it's, I mean, of a hypothetical building, it means that it's a scale model. But uh, it's crazy. The first four pages of the first book has like a, a, an article about the creative process, an interview with like the graphic designer and the lead designer and a couple of other people about how they came up with, you know, what their thoughts were and what they did and why they did some things. Um, this this blo- this set created two new blocks to the Lego range. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the seventh 
eighth. It's the eighth Hogwarts castle. Struth. That's crazy. Certainly the biggest one to date. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's so fun. It was so fun to build, and now it's sitting in the study um, under a uh, it's a sheet because I was paranoid about the cats attacking it, <laughs> and um, I'm going to pull it down before I go back to work because I've, it's just taking up too much space, and I don't have a display cabinet. Oh, I know that feeling. Every every time I walk past the box with my Star Destroyer in it, it's just like, mm, yeah. It's big. Yeah. But it, actually, it, you, and you bring that up, this was actually the first Christmas mm-hmm. that I can remember that there was no Lego received by anyone wow. in this house. That's crazy talk. It, 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 it's, it's unusual. Very, very unusual. So, wow. Mm. Well, and well, the best part was because we went down to the Dreamworld Lego store to, to get it. That's where um, lovely wife had rung up and arranged for it to be, and and so we they had one put out the back mm-hmm. for us. Um, with the purchase of that, there was enough Lego points to buy another set. Um, with a, a few extra bucks, so I got a, a Fantastic Beasts set. Um. Which I which I built I think before Christmas, but after oh yeah, was that on Saturday? I think before Christmas, but it was so fun. Um, and I, I pulled down all the Lego that I had pre-built, you know, from last Christmas, last holidays. Mm-hmm. So I built that one, and it's cool because it's like based on the latest um, Fantastic Beasts, where he opens up his box and you climb down into it and you see where he keeps all these Fantastic Beasts and stuff. It's kind of this fold-out um, briefcase that turns into his, you know, downstairs kind of zoo. It's pretty cool. And three beasts and stuff built into it. It's pretty great. And then they gave us like a mini um, uh, Diagon Alley set that comes with um, uh, the wand guy. I can't remember his name. I'm having a blank. Um, But like it's this little sort of street facade, but a mini-sized street facade of of Diagon Alley. Uh, And it looks great. That's cool. So some so, of them will okay. get packed down, and I re- I built uh, uh, my Ghostbusters Ecto One. Nice. Um, so sitting on top of my monitor right now, I've got the four guys from Ghostbusters on their little platform that you build with that, and mm-hmm. I've got the four heads of houses from Hogwarts that are full size minifigs that come with the uh, Lego Castle. Okay, so if you, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm going to take it, Steve. You are. You know, quite a Harry Potter fan, if you would go and because I mean, you mm. didn't just select this because this was a b- big and snazzy uh, Harry uh, Lego set. You clearly got it because you have an affinity for yes uh, for for this 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 world Franchise. and this, this fandom. Yep. So, Steve, do you uh, have a look at the Pottermore website? Ever? Yeah, I've spent some time digging around in there. Steve, do, do you have a position on the latest Pottermore revelation that? Plumbing was something that wizards did not have <laughs> until recently, and that they used to just shit on the floor and magic it away. It made sense to me. I mean, it was <laughs> stuff that we didn't need to know necessarily, but I think if you've got the ability to magic stuff into you know existence, why would it not then be a thing where you go, I mean, maybe you'd have a sort of tucked around. You wouldn't just do it in the middle of the hallway. You'd maybe tuck yourself around a corner or whatever, but e- even still, it's... um. Sure. Look, it's possibly a thing for a hypothetical universe that's completely fictional. But 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 hang on. But they already had squibs, so it's not like everyone could just magic it away. Sure. So, but the squibs didn't go to Hogwarts. 
No, but they, they, but it's not just Hogwarts. But I'm, I'm going to imagine that it's not just Hogwarts that didn't have plumbing. Nowhere would have had plumbing. Would well, nowhere in, nowhere in Magic Land. But there were, there were squibs in Magic Land, though. Yeah, but they, they were people that lived in... They had a foot in both worlds, remember? So, like, the fact that Scribs were, were non-magic magic people. Yeah. So they had to get around in the normal human world, and they would have been... Would have had the full revelation of driving uh, and understanding what cars are, and... That, see, that's the thing, right? The, well, see, no, I, don't, I don't know that. Wizards, and, wizards and witches? No, because they don't get it. That's the whole point, remember? But Phil, yeah, well, Phil's just a Squib. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah see, I, I just... But he's I, also old enough to live in an age when Hogwarts had toilets. Yeah, see, I, it just... It vexes me, Stephen. Like, like you know, yeah, the yeah, tell, yeah, telling us that you know Albus Dumbledore was gay—that's fine. Yeah, uh, saying you know maybe Hermione wasn't actually you know a pretty white girl. Maybe you know she was of some other ethnicity. You know, sure, I'm fine. Wizards have been pooping everywhere for centuries. You know what? It, it, that, that to me, Look, said, but the it, problem is, David. It, it I want to break to it me, to you. It says to me that this is time to maybe move on and. I mean, I know that J.K. Rowling's writing other stuff, but maybe oh, it's, it's definitely just, information we didn't need to know. Maybe it's just the, time to leave it alone. Like the problem is that before, like, let's take the whole witchcraft and wizardry thing out of it. It wasn't that long ago that people were tipping their chamber pots out their window into the street. Now this is a good point. This is a good point. They weren't magicking that away. That was their magic. Look, now it's empty. There were gutters there, you know. Yeah, but if you were... It's why it's the gentlemanly thing to walk closer to the gutter on the the street, on the footpath, than it is for the lady. So that if someone is piffing their thing out, you wear it and she doesn't. I I know, look, it just... It worries me, Stephen. It, 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 it It worries me from the perspective of, like, how far are we going to go before J.K. Rowling starts completely George Lucasing mm-hmm. the Harry Potter series and just going, you know, what I meant to write in Chapter 3 of The Philosopher's Stone was... It's like, oh. no! Don't! Don't do it! I think that you're feeding a little bit of your anxiety and projecting it onto poor Ms. Rowling. I think that she is a smart enough operator, A, not to do that, but also to be someone that's like, you know, I've learnt from his mistakes and I'm not going to do that. Like, this is the thing, this is what I wrote and this is how it functions. Look, I really hope so because I am genuinely concerned that we are about a week or two away Mm -hmm. from her saying that really the Death Eaters appearance at the international uh, bloody uh, Quidditch tournament was actually uh, like... uh, an allegory for Brexit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> Mate, the, the catch is, right? The, the, I, I, well, I, I live on the theory that that's not going to happen. What we do need to remember is that the Simpsons have that in spades. They have it absolutely locked down at being able to predict the future. Oh. Um, they, they, they just keeps... There's just more and more and more moments that they're pulling in, not from like two years ago, oh, but from like no. 10 to 15 years ago, where they're popping up with all these moments that have come to pass. It's amazing. Well, especially when you sort of go from the perspective that they are, you know, predicting things that they think are ridiculous. Yes, absolutely. Oh, God. We, and we are just falling into this ridiculous vortex. Oh, it, it, 
Were we all secretly put on the B-Arc and just no one told us? <laughs> I hope so. Oh. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? You were, oh, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just in, what, the last... Since we last talked, mm. um, mate, even in the last week, two weeks if we want to be generous, um, a former One Nation senator... Um, Sorry, a former what's his name? No, he was yeah, he got in as One Nation, one nation then he joined then Qatar, Qatar. and now he's independent. He started his own party after attending uh, a far right rally in St Kilda and saying that they're just hardworking Australians. He wanted to represent uh, his constituents in Queensland because the same thing is happening up here as it's happening down there, and uh, none of those words he said were accurate. Um, <laughs> what a shock! He wasn't representing us. Um, Matthias Corman has come out. It's been proven that not only did he have a single flight that cost $37,000 where he was the only passenger on the plane, um, but another one has come out where he flew from Sydney to Perth to Canberra as the only passenger on the plane for something. Um, it's the most ludicrous spending of our money ever. Uh, we're facing an election where everyone expects... Labor to win by some varying degree of seats, yet that means Bill Shorten becomes Prime Minister. And what universe are we living in when Bill Shorten becomes Prime Minister? Um, like, it, Bob Catter, Pauline Hanson are suggesting that they should put a, um, a monetary uh, value on, on cane-toed heads uh, and encourage people to capture them and get paid for it. Um, We've got a woman who is trying to seek asylum in Australia who, at the 11th hour, when it looks like she's going to be offers it, offered it, rejects it and goes to Canada. Um, I don't blame her, quite personally. To, to, um, yeah. I, I, I can... Given the way Australia... You, you just know that the fine print would have been, oh, well, this will be one of our glorious, you know, temporary protection visas or some other nonsense like that, which means that we can actually rescind it at any moment. Um, Mate, we have, we have a... Um, a prime minister who blames an error in, in someone in his office for posting a, a photo of him and his family on his website where his shoes have been so poorly photoshopped, it's not funny. All of these things have happened since the 1st of January, Dave. You tell me we're not on the B-Arc. Oh, boy. Uh, it's just... We've got Donald Trump has just pushed America through the longest governmental shutdown in history because all he wants to do is build a freaking wall that the sample part of the wall has been proven could be cut through and has said that he is likely to invoke emergency power so he can get the money to build the wall anyway. It's kind of... It's... Yeah. It's like... Dave Warner and Steve Smith expecting to just walk back into the Australian team and they don't deserve to pick up a cricket bat. It is outrageous, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's... Sam Bestiari and Jackie Lambie are going into the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here jungle on Sunday. Oh, they're Dave. not, are they? Well, Sam Dastiari is confirmed and my mail is that Jackie Lambie is the other one. Oh, no. Uh, joining Luke Jacobs, Pamela Anderson, Natasha Exelby, Exelby uh, Evie and Angie from Gogglebox um, uh, and AJ Rochester. So that's seven of, I think, the ten that they're putting in tomorrow night. Yeah, I don't, I don't recognise most of those names. And was right. was, was AJ that Rochester on like Biggest Loser or something? She hosted The Biggest Loser for the first few years. And in the story that uh, my website um, co-editor, Rob McKnight, um, dropped, 
he dug out a, a, an interview uh, that she did on the I Love Green Guide Letters podcast four years ago, mm-hmm. where she just hung crap on 10 and said that the trainers were giving their charges speed to help them lose weight. <laughs> oh my God, you're kidding. It is insane. Wow. So she's like, AJ's a nice lady, but she's not mentally stable by any stretch. So she is not going to go well in the jungle. She's going to lose her crap pretty early on. Uh, And if Dastiari has any semblance or understanding of how things work, he'll sit back and let that happen. Um, But he's likely not going to, and he'll get involved in it somehow. Oh, boy. It's going to be insane. So Gogglebox people... Who else did you say? Luke Jacobs, uh, former host of The X Factor for Seven. Um, yeah. AJ, Biggest Loser. Dastiari, Lambie. Uh, Natasha Exelby, no. um, who used to, was one of the founding hosts of Wake Up um, yeah, no. on Channel 10 and then went on to be most famous for now, the lady that was looking at her phone on the ABC News desk when a story came back and she was a little bit flustered and was, ah, and now we'll go to this. Oh, okay, only vaguely. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, any celebrities? No, Dave. You see, this is this is an error that many people make. They expect celebrity in the "I'm a celebrity, get me out of here" to actually be A or B list. And I'm going to tell you, mate, not a chance. I mean, you think about it just for a second. How would any program, let alone Channel Ten, uh, any network, <laughs> let alone Ten, have the budget? to pay for an A or B list celebrity to land in the jungle where they all sleep on pretty rustic, you know, put together camp beds in a, a, a a safe area within the jungle. Like it is fenced off and patrolled to make sure that they don't get lions or anything get in there. But, um, what we see them eat is that's all the food they get. Um, like they do run them pretty hard because they want to see conflict. Right. Okay, well, I'll, it, it, this will be another year of me seriously considering watching it right up until the point that it comes to actually, you know, choosing to watch it. My, my recommendation to you is to watch uh, just the first episode on the, mm-hmm. like Sunday night, tomorrow night. From there, you will see uh, probably half, if not all. If they're smart, they'll drop all of them in. In past years, they've gone half and half and haven't revealed them all. Um but it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing to watch because Chris Brown and Julia Morris are very funny together. They play off each other really well. That I could believe. Um, but then the stuff that they get them to do, like as in the, 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 car, the, the celebrities, the participants, is like it's pretty gross, honestly. Like gross eating challenges, have gross things poured on your head. Um, so, stick so your hand into a box where you don't know what's in it. It could be scorpions or snakes or eels or frogs or anything. So it's basically what what they're doing is playing all of the games that Survivor stopped playing about ten or oh, fifteen yeah. years ago. One hundred percent. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm. And and Channel Ten are doing another version of their Contenders versus Champions. Um, Survivor really? this year, so mate, this is how much Channel Ten have the the air quotes celebrity market wrapped up this year. Mm. I'm a celebrity, yep. sure we'll get ten or twelve celebrities there. Oh, Pamela Anderson, by the way, apparently is joining them. Um, Dancing with the Stars is coming back so, on do, to ten. Does it? Does that mean Scott Morrison's going to be sending a special envoy to I'm a celebrity? Get me out of here. I hope so. Um, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, 
Dancing with the Stars is back, hosted by Grant Denyer and Amanda Keller, who, just as a matter of interest, compete on a separate breakfast radio shows uh, in Sydney, um, like opposing stations. Um, and then they've got uh, contenders, Champions v Contenders Survivor coming later in the year again, uh, where they'll pull a whole bunch of celebrities to go against normal schmoes. Um, ta-da! Like, hmm. if you are... A, a, now is the time to be a D to Z grade celebrity in Australia because there is so many opportunities for you to get your face on television again. I mean... But is any of it good? Like, and, and the, other, the bigger question is, is anyone actually watching... Well, for, for poor old Ten's sake, we hope so. Um, though I would offer, who knows? I mean, they, they, this is a really telling year for Ten because they've, they've nailed it big. They said they're going for a 50 weeks ratings year. In other words, they're going to be... Well, they're starting on the 13th. Ratings aren't back. And they're starting with new programming and running through right up till Christmas. Um, to have uh, Is it too little, too late from Ten? Very possibly. They've thrown everything at it. If it doesn't work, and I'm going to say right now, 12th of January, 3.14, Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, it's not going to work. So by the end of the year, what? there will be wholesale executive changes in 10, but, uh, but, Australia, so, by CBS. I was going to say, yeah, so when CBS came in, has it, has it been a pretty light touch since then? It has, it has been reasonably light touch, except for larger sums of money given to them. Uh, follow our method, do this, do this. We think this is the thing, but you guys do it. Um, I, yeah, if this doesn't work, there are people that made these decisions that have to go. Yeah. So there's you... just, there's no salvaging any kind of respect if this does not work. Otherwise, we're looking down the uh, down the barrel of CSI Bonnie Rig. Oh, mate, CSI Albury. <laughs> So yeah. be, tonight is true, you know, true crime night, and there'll be in three hours of that, and they're just podcasts, people sitting around on TV talking to each other. <laughs> should, should, should we shine up our resumes, mate? No, we should. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it's ludicrous, right? Yeah, we've got Carl Stefanovic getting fired before Christmas on his honeymoon, um, so he's not on the Today Show. That's the other thing is that on Monday. The whole new, brand new Today Show starts with Deb Knight and Georgie Gardner with Tom Stefanovic reading news. First time ever in Australia that it's been a dual female hosted anchored breakfast show or any TV show. So, so hang on. So there's still a Stefanovic at Channel 9. He is. Carl is. Pete has been dumped. His contract is done. Yep. Um, but Carl is still there only because they have the second half of uh, this time next year to film. I was going to say, and, and I, I think... Well, I think warehousing is the official Channel 9 policy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, once that's done, I can't see them. There'll be some kind of quiet, we'll pay Carl out, Carl vanishes from 9. He can't hang in. It's not possible. Yeah, but did you say there was another Stefanovic reading the news? Uh, no. Um, Tom, sorry, Tom Steinfurt. I said oh, Stefanovic. Right. Tom Steinfurt. You have me worried there for a minute. I just didn't know how many Stefanovics we could manage in the Australian television industry. I mean, it's not like they're daddos. <laughs> Well, look, almost. There, I think there is another Stefanovic brother out there that no one's done anything with. Um, but that's that's just where that's at. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah, look, so, are we, have, have you been... I, mean, I, I know that TV is your love. It's, you know, the Australian mm. industry stuff. And I don't want to drag us into this every time we have a no, conversation. No, no, no. But, but, you know, is all... You, you tell me, is all of this weirdness 
Is this compelling for you, or are you just there shaking your head going, I wish I had a better hobby? Um, look, I've got to tell you, there was no better time to be a TV person than that week before Christmas, because, like, not even traditionally. Like, Christmas, the TV networks are on holidays then. No one should be making decisions. And over the course of three days, um, Sylvia Jeffries got moved on. Uh, Peter Stefanovic, her husband, got dumped from Nine entirely. Mm-hmm. And then Carl got cut from the Today Show. Like, it was crazy talk. It just happened, happened, happened. And it, it really meant that the, the, you know, the network had... They had to get rid of Carl. It had just become so toxic around the media scrutiny of him and Channel 9 that it just had to happen. So, um, look, step back for someone who, yeah. who, who doesn't follow any of this. What, why had he's, he suddenly gone from being their golden boy to being persona non grata? Is this just all around his ugly divorce? The, the broad part of it, yes. Right. Um, however, um, the Lisa thing couples into it as well. Because, you know, allegedly, Lisa left nine because she said, I want to get what Carl's getting. And they went, no. So she went, well, I'll go over to Channel 10. Who will give me that? Mm. Um, and the difficult thing about um, particularly breakfast show hosts, and this is starting to get very anal and, and analytical about how all of that functions. Um, TV watchers are creatures of habit, particularly the people that will tune into a Today or a Sunrise. Um, it has to be same, same, or, you know, we'll, we'll cautiously work out who's going to whatever or how it's going to be, who's doing the thing and the talking. So to make wholesale changes like this seemingly without a plan is, is, is big news and it will have upset a whole bunch of viewers and it will have pleased a whole bunch of viewers. Um, it's also a marathon, not a sprint. They are not going to turn around today's ratings woes in even 12 months. However, it has to be tracking upwards by the end of this year, or we'll see wholesale changes again. Because such is the, the, the weird nature of, oh no, we'll give it time, we'll give it time, we'll give it time. Get rid of them! That's all it is. It's mm. crazy. And it's like, if, if for a second, the executives actually stopped and looked at it objectively and not in their little magical TV bubble... They might actually recognise, actually, if we did this, this would work better for us. If we played it like this, this would be a smarter move. Or, you know, if we saw these things going on, maybe we just change it all like this and go, you know what, this is more important to us than that. The the, the number of people that watch Sunrise and Today are less than the people that watch the TV news. Uh, but then that's not hard because the 6 o'clock news is the highest rating TV program most nights on mm-hmm. Australian TV. And it all fails... Uh, you know, it sort of fades away after that. But even Sunrise and Today don't get even close to some of the 7.30 or 8.30 shows that are failing. Yet we still pour in because people watch it differently. We expect people to sit down and watch half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half of TV after the news, whereas Sunrise or Today, we know they're going to watch maybe 15 minutes. It's all up, get ready, going for work, it's on in the background, off we go. Fair enough. So it's a different beast, but it's they, they hang on to it like it's the most important part of like the linchpin, the, the cornerstone of their news programming across the day. It's not. Which is hilarious because for like decades, like the Today Show was the only one that, that counted. Like, I, it's the I, longest running breakfast show in Australia. I can, re- I can remember uh, when, you know, like pre-revamping, you know, I guess it's, God, it's 20 years ago now, I guess. But pre the you know, the sunrise revamp, it was just like the cheapest, saddest looking thing ever. 
uh, where you just like mm. roll out the newsreader and like very, very... It was very serious up until Sunrise landed. Yeah. And the smartest thing that Adam Boland did was not copy the Today Show. Mm. He said, let's make it relaxed. He did, to his credit, observe and identify and follow some trends from the US, but he made it very Australian relaxed in, in how he cast ultimately landing on Mel and Koshy uh, and how that worked. That, that Man, Sunrise at its height was a juggernaut. It just, it struggled initially, but when it overtook the Today Show, it just could not be beaten. And no question, Mel and Koshy were the anchors of that. If I told you my Melissa Doyle story? Please. We, uh, so I was a staff member on an Apex Youth program back yep. in the 90s. I'm sure yep. I know I've mentioned that to you. She was one of our guest speakers for a session one year. Right. So this would have been when she was still the newsreader who had to stand up behind a podium on yes. 11 a.m. Yep. Uh, and look, she was very personable. She was really great with the kids and uh, told some interesting stories. But the best story she, that she told, and she wouldn't uh, name either the the program or the network, good. but the best story she told us was that, uh, do you remember Frontline, the episode where uh, they got a, um, a consultant in? To yes. try to to like try to smarten up, played you know. by Harry Shearer. Of course, I remember it. So, and you know how one of the things was like they were going to change the color of the set, and like they, like they, they didn't do anything decent, but it was all about you know change the color of the set, do this, do that. Yes. So, according to Melissa Doyle, uh, there was a news program in Australia. Yes. That had got some expensive consultants in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and had new colors and a new set. Yep. And they were scheduled to unveil the new look. Ready to go. The very night that that episode of Frontline would have aired. Yep. And the only thing that saved them was that the pre a preview copy of the episode had gone out to like the TV critic on, yep. on, on that network. And they'd mentioned it to someone in news. And someone in news absolutely freaked out. And they cancelled the entire thing. The change? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it sucks to be a current affair, doesn't it? <laughs> Because, yeah, they were so paranoid about rolling out this change on the same night that Frontline were mocking that very idea. Well, while we're, while we're clanging names all over the place, um, when I had... But also, tea sorry, with, also, Melissa Doyle, yes. very tall. Es- oh, mate. Especially when she's in heels. <laughs> yes. And, and that, that yeah, po- it's got that sexy mum thing going that, on. That podium... Well, no, no, no. This, this was, this was um, severe short haircut, Melissa Doyle. Oh, okay. Nice. Right. So this was before the kids came. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yes. I don't know. Like I said, it, 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 but it made me realise that the podium that she standed, standard, stood behind to do the 11am yes. news must have been enormous because she's a very, very yeah, tall yeah. woman. And 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 you, that's right. And, and, and part of the, the concern was that when they had other people stand next to her and Koshy, they didn't look anywhere near as tall. <laughs> no, because um, he, he's not short either, is he, from memory? No, Koshy is, is a tall bloke. Uh, and Sam does okay... But that's the only thing that saves her. Because Sam's, you know, curvy. Um, but because she's tall like Mel, she kind of gets away with it. If she was a normal heighted human, um, no. <laughs> um, anyway, when I was having afternoon tea with Jane Kennedy one afternoon, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about this and she said, it is no joke, Moxie, that uh, we were getting faxed from networks on network letterhead, but without any name attached, stories of what was actually going on. <laughs> Oh, that's great. In most cases, we were getting them after the fact and getting told that you guys haven't gone hard enough. 
Like, it, phenomenal. And, and if anybody's listening and has not watched Frontline, every episode is available. I think it's on Netflix. It's certainly all on YouTube. It's all with, on YouTube. With, yeah. with Working Dog's Blessing, even though they didn't put it up there. Um, I, I hear a number of, you know, first-year journalism students that get told they have to watch it and come away just shaking their heads at what is intended to be a comedic TV series that contains far more prophecy and cringe reality than you would ever believe. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh, dear. I love Frontline so hard, mate. Like, it's... Oh, my God, it's good. Yeah. I'm Mike Moore. Welcome to Frontline. Bum I could watch Frontline and the games oh, over and over and over. Yeah, again and again and again and again. Yep. I was, I was trying to explain that one of the kids the other day, like the 100 metre track not being 100 metres long. Yes. <laughs> and they're just sort of staring at me just going. Just what? But it, it would be 100 metres. I'm like, that's so the whole point. We just sit him down and make him watch the episode. <laughs> like, that's the it whole point, that kids. That, that's why. <laughs> that's yep. why it's funny. <laughs> oh, mate, and Utopia. This is why I love the way Working Dog function. They just make stuff until they're sick of it, not until everyone else is sick of it. And they'll also jump out on stuff before it, it hits its use by date. So Funky Squad. Oh, but the, the catch was that they what they only did one season of Funky Squad, and it was a radio play mm. that they turned into a TV show. Yeah. So I'll give them that. Mm. Um, but Utopia, their latest thing, um, like it's 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 honestly Rob and Tom and Santo writing the episodes. That's it. They sit wow. around. They they use a Google Doc. They put, they add things in. They shift stuff around. Blah 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 blah. They put it all, you know, they get it together, they get it happening, and they, they make it and, and air it. From the first season, did you, did you watch Utopia? I, I have been an intermittent Utopia viewer. I enjoy it. Again, I just don't watch television that way, Steve. Like, did I you just... see the clip where they were talking about the very fast train between Sydney and Melbourne again? <laughs> right. Because it came up. It was like, we need yep. an idea. There's an election. We need something, something. Very fast train. Yeah. And... It was the same episode, I think, where they talk about um, a bridge to Tasmania. <laughs> and, um, like, Rob Sitch's character mentions it as a joke, like an offhanded, like, you know, next year, what about a bridge to Tasmania? Anyway, Limo, his character is the, you know, sort of yep. the liaison with the yep. Prime Minister's yep. office, comes back and says, but the Prime Minister loves the idea. What, which idea? Bridge to Tasmania. So they have to go to Tasmania. The, the final scene after the credits is him and I think Celia have gone to Tasmania and have got like a town hall meeting where they're pitching the idea of a bridge to Tasmania and all these Taswegians just basically ripping into them. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh, but the fact that it looked like this behind the scenes view that like the things that politicians do out of desperation so that, you know, they can kind of cover butts or distract things or how do we make... Like, and, and deliciously, it has come up every election since. The fast train between Sydney and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. The thing that nobody wants, that is impossible to deliver the way that anybody wants it to, yep. is amazing. Yep. Oh, dear. Now, look, my favourite uh, little thing about that was Rob Sitch talking about how they, they built the sets uh, and how, obviously, you know, they weren't allowed anywhere near Parliament House. Yes. And that, when, they, when they asked for, you know, dimensions and details, they were basically told, you can't have that, it's a security threat. So they mm. went to, like, the National Library yeah. and went, oh, let's have a look around. And sure enough, the plans were just sitting there. Or oh, was this when they were doing the Hollow Men? <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's just all there. You can just go to the National Library and get it. Yep, yep. that's great. 
it, it's look I I, 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 I just love stories of of, uh, of the Australian you know political system being too dumb for its own good yeah oh dear Jesus getting getting um, really 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 up up and important of oh no no you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this but we've completely ignored all these ways that you can yeah no, well, we totally dumb. did that oh no we'll totally do it like that Ugh. yeah that's how that works yep it's See, this is the thing. This is where it gets confusing for me. Like, Utopia and Hollow Men becomes this this crossover that I just don't, you know, just in my mind becomes a mess. Yes. Oh, boy. But anyway. Although the, 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 the delight for mine is the Hollow Men, I think, still has its place because Lockie Hume and Merrick Watson, that they, they are great mm. in Hollow Men. Oh, gotcha. Um, the delightful thing about Utopia is, is it's just this weird made-up unit that... Mm is doing these ludicrous things. And Kitty Flanagan is perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. And Limo is brilliant. And Celia and Rob are like the only two smart people in a sea of idiots. And it, it's just divine. It is, it, and But they recognise it. They note that they are like each other's life, life raft. And the only way we're going to survive this is cling to each other. <laughs> um, and they're in charge. Even to the one... The, there was an episode where Celia has to do... Um, a performance review on someone and it was every bit of governmental rubbish I've ever seen where she basically says like asks this guy um, who we've never seen before she basically says to him what do you do? I've seen that one yeah that was good and she he contacts HR (laughs) and lodges a, a, a harassment claim against her because she's being she's being offensive towards him or harsh towards him because she's just demanding to know what he does mm-hmm. as a part of his performance review. Yeah. She gets written up for it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Her it's response delightful. to it is just delightful. Oh my goodness, it's so great. Um I've I've got two here we go, here's a uh, officially not a choose your own adventure bandersnatch option that I'll give you, Dave. Mm-hmm. All right. New glasses or my parents in Malaysia. Ooh. Let's let's start with new glasses. Are we going to do both? Gosh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, Michelle and I got new glasses. It's a short story. There's nothing to it um, except to say that I'll have multifocals when I go back for my next set of glasses. Really? I officially have reading glasses and seeing glasses now. Yep. And and you're kind of sick of the switching them back and forth oh, already? I've had them for a week and a bit. I just want to throw one of them in the bin. Mm. Um, but it's all right. I mean, for sitting down at the computer, it makes a hell of a difference. I've just got to work out in different scenarios which glasses I need. And now I'm in the position where, you know, depending on what's happening, I might need to take both pairs. Right. So, like, when I go to work, ride the bike, I've got to take three pairs of glasses. Three? Because I'll ride with my sunglasses. Oh, right, yep. And if I want to see, I can see people, but if I want to be able to distance see things, I've got to have my other glasses. And then if I want to read a piece of paper or look at a computer screen, I've got to have my reading glasses on. So you don't need, or you don't need your new glasses for riding the bike? No, no. The, I, when I had the um, thing, the optometrist said, oh, no, can you still see through them? Yep. Oh, they're fine. Your, your script hasn't changed that much for your distance vision to be able to drive that you can just keep them. Okay. So I've got my you know, prescription uh, sunglasses. Right. They've stayed. Yep. The right. The two new sets of glasses are a reading glasses. Uh, so the reading and, glasses are the addition to this. Yes. Uh, Where I've just previously had the one set of seeing lenses. Now I have seeing and reading lenses. Right. And it makes, mate, when I'm holding my phone, it makes all the difference. 
But that's the problem now. Like, if I want to look at my phone in any kind of serious way, I really need to put my reading glasses on. Maybe you just, like, need to buy... Um, I mean, no one makes phone calls anymore. So maybe you just need to buy, like, a cellular um, iPad mini and just pretend it's a phone and no. leave your glasses off. I, I And I refuse to turn the, the font up on my iPhone as well. <laughs> Staying natural, that's the way it is. Because lovely wife has done that, and I appreciate it for it, but I can't, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I hate it. If every time I see like, I look, it, it is so important that it's there. Yeah. Like, like it, yeah. it is so important that it, accessibility For those that is, need it, absolutely is, is built into the iPhone. But yeah, like, when you see this is a this is the iPhone hill I am dying on. Yeah, when when you see people who clearly like either don't have a vision problem or mm. they have an unacknowledged one. Yes, um, and so they're not wearing glasses, and they and they've like just cranked up the font size oh, on their iPhone. Mate, my it just looks was, horrible. It looks horrible. I had my glasses on and I needed a longer arm. Because if I held them close, I just was, I couldn't see it. And if I held it out, oh, there we go. No, it's, I've got to hold it a little <laughs> bit further. And if I took my glasses off, it's no, I'm no good to anyone. Like I can see, but to read is useless and it just hurts. Yeah, right. Just in exactly that same, that same uh, thing. What was, was he? I did my... opt to give them to me this time, but I went, oh, and they said, you don't need it. And I went, okay. And now you're going. It's multifocals next time for sure. Mm. Uh, well, I guess it'll it'll be this time next year when. Uh, actually, do you have private health insurance? No. Oh, okay. Well, then you can get In them fact, whenever you want. It's been then. three, probably nearly four years since I went and got my eyes checked. So to find out that my script hasn't changed that much, it's only really that I need reading glasses, was pretty reassuring. That's pretty cool. It's about the only thing on me that isn't completely decaying and falling apart. Whereas I found out when I got mine tested last year that uh after for a long time going i have an astigmatism in one eye it's like oh no mm. yeah, now you have it in two so mm. but uh it, it's not that bad that like i can like, if i hold a phone or something like that close i can read it yes. okay but the problem is that means like if i'm lying in bed or something and i grab my phone and i start reading i because i don't need to put my glasses on i won't and that's fine yep. if you, i'm doing it for five minutes although what can happen sometimes is all of a sudden it's like half an hour later and it's just like why have I got this headache it's like oh yeah I think at work Mm. I'm going to live with um, a set of glasses on my head and a set of glasses on my face fair enough I'll be doing that swap swap yep yep well or and and have you thought have you thought about going down the path of having a set of work glasses and a set of home glasses no because I I need I need all three sets like because the my reading set I need to read wherever mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. and the other ones are my sort of distance seeing glasses that I can do without, but it helps me able to see people in focus. And okay, and but so could when you, I drive at night, I'll need them definitely. But, but so, but couldn't your, you know, your your long distance glasses be the ones that you you actually you know you wear mm-hmm. uh, or pocket when you've got the sunnies on. Yes. And, and then have a set of reading glasses at home. Where Only if I bought them. another set of glasses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Have you, you thought about going to an extra set of glasses so you don't have to carry... We have three. Yeah, but this, but you only have to, this way you only have to carry two. Yeah, it, look, it's it's also another... It's an added expense that I don't need, Dave. Like buying another set of glasses just to leave them at work. Um, yeah, I don't think so. No, Not fair yet. Enough. Fair enough. We'll see how frustrated I get. Mm. I was going to say, yeah, I reckon you're like uh, a couple of months and uh, insert number here of... I've already to and from work anyway. Sorry? I already take a bag to and from work anyway. Yeah. Look, 
How, how many times do you reckon you... What's the over and under on how many times you will forget at least one set of those glasses? Um, if I forget my distance seeing glasses, I'll cope. Yep. Because I don't have to read anything with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can wear my sunnies because I'll, I'll, I pretty much will always have my sunnies because mm-hmm. they're to and from work anyway. Um, so if I, if I leave my, you know, sort of non-sunglass glasses somewhere or around or at work or at home, I'll cope. Mm. But it'll be, it'll be the day that I leave my reading, reading glasses. glasses at home. It'll mm-hmm. just do my head in because mm-hmm. there's no... It's not like I can say, well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be able to cope, but it, my eyes will be so strained by the end of it. Yeah. Right. Punished. All right. I'll be, all right. We'll keep a check on that one. See how long it is before Stephen buys an extra pair of reading glasses. Hmm. So, so, so that's all there is? That's all, that's all, all the glasses? Yeah, glasses. Michelle and I've got glasses. It's really a, a non-event. Uh, the, the, um, the optometrist didn't um, come up with some way to do a dodgy extra charge or... Anything like that? It all went nice and smoothly. Well, no, particularly because we I didn't get new sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, both my glasses have got like you know anti glare coating because of screens and life and the rest mm. of it. Um, but I didn't need polarized lenses because I have sunglasses. No, well, and I don't go for the you know the fade in fade out lenses. Oh, no. stupid things oh, in had, the world. I had those once and they were they were just horrible. Yeah, a friend of mine had them once and I saw it and I went no. You no. look like you've got sunglasses on for five minutes, and we've been inside for nearly an hour. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Well, no, we'll see. The, what transition I, lenses? What do I got last uh, stung with at one time? Uh, this is a couple of years back. Was uh, the optometrist, optometrist had bought this snazzy new like machine that does like a laser scan of the oh, great. the back of your eyeball. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, fantastic. Yes, and we'll do this for you. I'm like, sure. Never done this before, but that's fine. Yeah. And then we get to the you know the the front desk, and I pull out the Medicare card, and he's like, "Oh, and it's fifty bucks for this like scan that took us thirty seven mm. seconds." And I'm just like, "I'm pretty sure you didn't mention this when you said, hey, look into this fancy new machine that I just got.'" <laughs> I was like, "I." Mm. Mm. So consequently, change optometrists. Well, we just go to Specsavers, mate. We're we're part of the problem more than the solution. Um, I don't, it, mate, that's where I go to. <laughs> Just get it done. That's yep. all it is. Yep. We just get it done. Uh, all right. So, I don't have all the details on my parents yet, but I do know some stuff. <laughs> so, they did fly to Malaysia and they had a great time with my sister and Excellent. her husband and her kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all great. And they even, I think New Year's Eve, they had the kids stay at the hotel with them and that gave Jason and Julie their um, night off. Um, and they did lots of sort of Malaysian things. Like I saw they went on a boat cruise and did all sorts of things. Um, Marvellous, right? Lots of fun. Excellent. Um, Talked to them a couple of times while they were over there. Um, They were having a good time. We didn't get into it much. I haven't spoken to them much since they've got back, Um, but I need to just to find out and let them unload on, oh, everything's different in Malaysia and we don't like Jason and everything, everything. Um, Oh. Because that, that's going to come. That'll be a thing. Right. Um, but I do know that, uh, like, mum is basically in a wheelchair now. I think I told you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it just moves from chair to chair, basically. Um, the hotel were very accommodating and certainly wanted to look after her and dad and all that, which was marvellous. Um, <laughs> then I get this weird Facebook messenger thing from Julie. Oh, mum's fallen down. Uh, in the hotel, but she's okay. 
That's all I get out of her. Like, what the hell? What happened? Is she okay? Oh, she fell over in the middle of the night. Uh, and then she sent me this picture where she has these two cracking black eyes. Ooh. And I'm like, this is all the detail you're giving me. You're not telling me anything else. What happened? How did it happen? Did she go to the doctors? What did the doctor say? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, she didn't go to the doctor. Uh, but the hotel are being, it's very, very helpful. And I went, I'll bet they're being very, very helpful to have a, a you know, a customer yeah. who's not steady on their feet to start with slip over in the bathroom and get two cracking black eyes out of it. Um, that's on them. Oh, it just... So it just goes to prove that my sister, God bless her, is as bad as everyone else in my family um, <laughs> in, in communicating anything. Oh, no. Um, apparently, they had a great time. Everything was wonderful. The kids went back to school. Mum and Dad went home. Job done. I, I don't know that they had any real experience of Malaysia. Like I said, it was very touristy what they did do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about, I think, all they could have handled, and that's going to have been bad enough. I'm sure I will be regaled with just how badly... Um, and how horrible and how everything Malaysia is compared to Australia. And we're glad they live over there and we live here and we're definitely glad we stopped the boats and all of that sort of stuff. Oh, I'm sure God. I'll get all of that. Oh, you just reminded me of something, Mulk. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm pretty, yeah, this we wouldn't have spoken about this. So, I may have mentioned it in the past that my mum has a tendency to be like a get-up email chain letter forwarder great right yes uh she didn't forward you clive palmer's text did she no no i didn't get that no but, i haven't received it either so i'm feeling kind of happy yeah about I, I got nothing so no, no my mum uh very earnestly forwards on mm. letters from get up thanks mum change change.org so um, you know what's going on a vase all, all yep. the, uh, usually just with a line like what can we do to fix this <laughs> I'm just like, oh, good God, Mum. You're I, part of the problem, Mum, because you know. asking that means this is why I, we're in this mess. I don't know, Mum. I really don't know. Mm. And, and and you know, she particularly, you know, send, sends, um, God bless us, sends all these ones about, you know, uh, w- you know what's happening in Manus and, and Nauru and, yep. and, you know, the, the horrible state of our, mm. uh, you know, Ability to play with anybody, like all this sort of stuff, right? So, so mum is pretty team. We should, you know, let's do better than this. So anyway, they're down for Christmas, and we're chatting away, and and we do tend to talk politics a lot, or rather, go you know, mum will bring up something about current politics, and I will rant for about twenty minutes, and dad will hide and watch the cricket. That's that's basically how that discourse goes, but. Uh, we, we, you know, and and we actually had had a conversation probably just the previous day about you know yes. some of the stuff that had been happening on Manus and and just and, and Nauru and just how horrible it was the way that um, Dutton and Morrison have actively fought against mm. stopping having children um, yes. you know, taken off uh, out of the detention camps. Anyway, and and something had come up, you know. I don't know if it was like a, the last news poll of the year, but something had rocked up. Basically, you know, again predicting that the ALP will um, you know, take government sometime this year. Sure. And so Mum says to me, "Well, what do you think about that?" I said, oh. "I said, well, I said I hope the polls are right." I said because you know, the, for all these reasons that we've discussed, the current mob are pretty horrible. Mum goes, "Yeah." She goes, 
But what do you think about Bill Shorten, though? Because, I mean, some people have said that they don't think he'll be able to stop the boats. Oh, God. And my head just exploded, Mark. I'm just like, I beg your pardon? (laughs) And she's like, well, you know, like, some people have been saying that he like he won't and it'll be a problem and I'm just like it, so here is my you know humanitarian refugee supporting mum yep all of a sudden worrying about some completely concocted bullshit right wing story that demonizes refugees and I'm yep. just like and I just went to town, Steve. I'm just like, yeah. like I said, you know, I said this. Stop! I said, I said, no one has stopped any boats. I said, do you know what they do when boats show up now, Mum? Rather than you know taking the people to detention centres, she's like, no. I said, they just turn them around and they point them back in Indonesia, yes. and, and they, they don't ju- count them as having arrived, and they just never see them again. I said, and, you know, and in some cases they take fuel off them to make sure that they won't have enough fuel to mm. come back towards Australia. I said, and do you know what happens to them then? And mum's like, no. I said, they uh, die. I said, no one does, mum. That's the whole point. No one knows what happens to them. We just turn them around in the open sea and who Push knows? them back towards some other land and say, see ya. And that's it. And mum's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. I'm just like. On oh. water matters, mum. <laughs> I'm just like, here we are. And, and so, this, you know. I, I went on. Yeah, I did. Mm. I ranted. So proud, Dave. I said, mum, to be quite honest with you, I said, you get two choices. Uh, when it comes to how we deal with asylum seekers. Yes. So you, so you don't get to pick nuance about, you know, boats versus planes. I said, you get to either be team torture or team no torture. Yes. And if you're playing along with the stop the boats crowd at all, if you are even acknowledging that stop the boats is a legitimate thing that we should even be discussing, you've already yes. played into the hands of team torture. 100%. As, and you don't want to be on team torture, mum. No. And mum's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Definitely don't be there, Mum. I'm just like, but what I think it really highlighted to me though is how insidious the um, how insidious it, it is the way that these right wing frames get normalised as part yeah. of the conversation, yeah. and, and to you know bring us back to you know Fraser Anning. Mm. Uh, th- that's why you've got to call out this, like the Nazis in St Kilda yep. be- because it becomes very, very easy for, you know, their talking points to become part of the discourse and, and just, uh, you know, treated as though it's another point on a spectrum of things that yes. we need to discuss rather than something that we all just go, no, that that's not okay. That's not on. I'm sorry. You don't get to demand the, you know, uh, the, the deaths or otherwise, you know, internment of an entire group of people based on their race or religion. Yes. You can't do that. That's not part of, you know, that's not a debating point. That's yes. not a difference of opinion. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's, that's how atrocities start. Yep. Um, and, you know, to my way of thinking, as I expressed rather forcefully to my, <laughs> to my almost 70 year old mother, Stop the boats is part of that same problem. Like it's it, 
you know, like, like his crept into being part of the, the discourse, and it has no place being there. It has no yeah. place being there. And 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 then Mum's going, well, why don't these people just? It's just well, why do they hop on boats instead of you know applying for refugee status in Indonesia? And I said, Mum, because we won't let them. Yes. She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I said if you're in Indonesia and you want to apply for asylum in Australia, you can't. Well, why don't they apply for asylum in Indonesia? Because they're not a signatory to the Refugee Convention. No. And you can just see the wheels turning. Mum's going, well, can't we do something else to make it safer for them to come rather than hop on boats? I'm like, yeah, we could. We We could could do that tomorrow. We could probably do that at far less cost than running our torture prisons. But you know what? We decide not to. You know why we decide not to? So that some assholes in Canberra in the Liberal Party can have a point of difference and they can absolutely use that to try to wedge the ALP. Um, Some of who members, you know, Try to have a conscience, but get that basically slapped out of them at, uh, at the uh, you know in the caucus room meet it, yeah. as soon as they show up. It's crazy. Oh, it's it is it is incredible. Uh, there, there was a conversation floating around. I don't know, probably on Twitter the, a little while back, asking about who you know Australia's worst ever prime minister was, mm. and you know. People are pulling up some, you know, historical corkers. Some great names. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, Tony Abbott got a good run, as did yep. Scott, Scott Morrison. He's um, barely been in the job for 10 seconds and he deserves it too. Uh, however, for me, it's still Howard. Howard again and again and again. Like, Yeah, there's he, a lot that Howard did. He's at the like, oh, root. No, but he was fine. He, oh, he is at the root of so many toxic things in Australia. Like, he took us from a nation that was moving towards a, a republic, that was moving towards uh, you know, reconciliation with our first people. It, yep. you know, we, we were moving in a, a direction where uh, the overall aim was to make life better for more people. Yep. It's as simple as that. That, that, that that's, that's where we were going. And, and the challenge is that good old Malcolm... <laughs> yep. Um, like he needs to fall into his, his, he's complicit. He's in all this as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but again, they're just what it all comes down to, though, is, is we we are we are still living in the Australia that John Howard created. Oh, one hundred percent. And yeah. the Rudd and Gillard years, although they uh, fixed some things, they didn't redefine Australia. Yeah. Okay. They 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 didn't redefine it, Australia. So Whitlam redefined Australia. Um, yes. Hawke redefined Australia. Uh, Fraser and, did as well, to be fair. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not to not, the not same good way. depths as. Yeah. 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 Um, Keating was was in the midst of redefining Australia. Yes. Howard absolutely redefined Australia, and we are still living in Howard's Australia, and it is not a nice place. And that's yeah. part of the architecture of who that man was, and ugh, it, it, and that's why you know, I mean, a, a stop the boats kind of nonsense couldn't have even existed without John Howard, without sending the SAS out to the Tampa to, you know, manhandle children, like you know that that's the world that he created, and it's pretty bloody gross. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm feeling sick now just thinking about, uh, and about I the little man. Like the whole the Pacific solution, the everything, right? Everything about all of that. Oh, yeah. And like so many just nods to racism or just, you know, letting stuff slide. 
you know, we, Pauline Hanson is a disaster and it would be, oh, be- better... Hanson, to- Anning, Catter are all, you know, outcomes of Howard's Australia. Absolutely. Well, Hanson explicitly, because, you know, when... You, like, the people of Ipswich voted her in, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. However... And, and to be frank, not knowing any different at the time. No, however... Other than she got dumped by the Liberal Party yeah. before the election. However, Howard could have could have taken a stand every time she stood up and said something stupid and racist. Yes, 100%. He, he could have denounced that every single yep, time. every single time. And he didn't. Not once. And, yep. and, and, and so... That only emboldened Hanson. No one, no one ever um, called her to account. No, you know, no, no one. Not once. You know, and here we are. This has been a joyful, joking <laughs> how well it's joyful been. episode, hasn't it? I will remind you that you're the one that made it turn this hard. <laughs> I was just telling you about my parents being racist in Malaysia. Oh dear. Oh, well, you don't know that. I mean. I mean, I'm going to guess they're living in Gilgandra. It's not like they're going to notice how different Maccas is in um, Kuala Lumpur compared to home. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's <sighs> going to be a big, big problem. Yeah, there'll be problems. I don't know about a big, but yes. Lots of good chicken places in the airport at Kuala Lumpur. I noticed that so much. Here. Lots of good chicken places. Mm, not I a lot need to get to Malaysia at some point. I'm not sure when I want to go there to visit my, brother, my sister and brother-in-law, but it'd be nice to go. So I'm told. Again, all I've seen is the inside of <laughs> the airport en route to, yes. to, to, uh, to Phnom Penh. Um, yeah. I, uh, I was talk- talking with, again, speaking of parents, talking with parents about, you know, yes. at, more, at more length about the visit to Cambodia and all that sort of thing. And I, I already you know, was pretty confident that there's no way they could cope with a, a trip to Cambodia. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> seeing the looks just come over their face, describing some of the things mm. and showing them videos of took drives and the, tra- the traffic is just like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. They're right. never going to go there in that direction. Not going to be a thing. Yeah, not for sure. For sure not. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> Dave, maybe this is why we don't talk so much. <laughs> oh, Steve. I mean, I enjoy talking with you. I, that I that part of the talking stuff is great. I enjoy listening to hearing what's going on. But when we get on our, when we get depressed about the state of the political situation in Australia, it's pretty grim. Yeah, I mean, we we shouldn't talk politics too much, Stephen, because we already know we have evidence that that stops me from podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it might take. It might take, oh, it would take us three and a bit years. It might take three and a bit years, but it will eventually stop me from podcasting, <laughs> having to talk about Australian politics. Oh, oh. We're talking about American politics, which is way more depressing. Oh. And we haven't even started on climate change. Did you see apparently the seas are uh, warming even faster than we thought? Really? Yeah. Oh, That's not going to be problematic at all, Stephen. Not Just at all. Just throw some more plastic in there. Uh Oh, well, we um we we as a part of our celebration, oh, I didn't even tell you about the garden. They'll have to go on the list. Um, as a part of the celebration of us clearing the garden, we went and got um, frozen cokes and spiders from from Macca's. Mm-hmm. It's a special treat, and 
the guy handed me the cups and he handed me the straws. I said, oh, have you got any paper straws? Because I'm, you know, trying to do my very, very little bit. And he went, oh, we're, we're rolling that out this year. And I went, okay. The turtles will die then. <laughs> and drove off. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. You can't eat a frozen Coke with a paper straw. It doesn't work. Well, that's Macca's problem, not well, mine. Well, and, well no. Yes, it does. No, no. Because you need a little scoop on the end. Well, they don't give you little scoops with your frozen cakes <gasps> and Macca's. Don't they? Just normal boring straws. What? That's yeah. outrageous. Mate, that is the Macca's economy. No two types of straws, just one straw. That's appalling. That oh, I, I was unaware of that. I thought they had the same sort of, you know, the the whole, the same, um, uh, what, what do they call them? Oh my God, I've forgotten the name. What's the, I don't know. What the, 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 the ice treat thing with the little dog uh, on the machine? Dog. Not fr- no frosty boys. Oh, fl- slush puppies. Slush puppies. Slush puppies are a more liquid version of the frozen coke. Yeah, and and they come with a, a little spoon on the end of the straw. Sure, probably. Yeah, like Slurpee straws. I guess so. We don't have, well, that's we, the we other don't, problem. Seven Eleven got some problems going yeah. their way. Yeah, the amount of straws they go through every day. Mm. <laughs> we live in a post-plastic bag world, Dave. Time to get ready. Yeah, uh, I, well, actually, speaking of that, because I know that um, Andrew Bolt was warning about all the deaths that would occur mm-hmm. um, due to the, the filthy reused um, shopping bags mm-hmm. yes. as opposed to single-use plastic ones, which were good for everyone's hygiene. I'm dead now. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, do we have an update on the number of deaths caused by uh, reusable shopping bags? Officially, it is a number between zero and everyone. Right. Someone should look into that. Well, we know who isn't going to look into it. <laughs> Maybe we could ask Caleb to do a follow-up piece on it. Oh, could he? <laughs> and look, I say, don't give Caleb a hard time. I like Caleb. He's a nice guy who is doing his best to establish himself uh, a career in what is ultimately opinion writing, and he's doing a fine job of it. I don't know fine is the word I'd use. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says. I think he's doing a fine job of it, though. He is the oldest 22-year-old you will ever meet. (laughs) That I'll agree with. Oh, boy. (laughs) Why didn't anyone give us columns in a newspaper, Stephen? We can write ridiculous things. Oh, could you you imagine, honestly, if at a time when, for some reason, progressive politics... Uh, and you know, left-wing opinion was as that was valued, <laughs> lauded, and heralded as right-wing opinion, and and so forth. Could you imagine? Like I was thinking about it the other day, I went, I would love, and this was the thought process. I would love to be like a talkback host that is, uh, you know, air quotes, a rabid lefty. People know what they're going to get. They're going to hear all of the apologies and all of the everything's and how we should do stuff. And then I went, people are only going to ring up to argue. If they ring up, yep, if they, they, they would, listen, they would just re- they, 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 people would hate listen. People yeah, would absolutely, but that would hate be it. Listen. You're not going to get Mavis and and John and Joan listening all the time because they would hate listening to you <laughs> because you would be saying things that make them feel uncomfortable and responsible. Mm. So they wouldn't tune in. So it wouldn't last. This show would be two weeks. Yeah, but geez, mate, I would tear it to the ground <laughs> across those two weeks. Uh, well, uh, look. At some point, at some point, Rupert Murdoch will either pass away or become a head in a jar. Yes, I think he already is. At, He's just in a, a head in a Jerry Hall jar. 
at which point surely that means that the economy for the Australian newspaper no longer exists because like who else is going to run a loss making broadsheet you know indefinitely it's a really interesting question isn't it like if 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 all the Murdochs died because that that's ultimately where it sits if all the Murdochs died where who who continues it but but even then I mean I, I don't think that Lachlan is some kind of progressive saviour the way that some people have no, far tr- from it. tried to. Uh, That's or, what I mean. It would need all the Murdochs to die. Yeah, but, but see, I don't, know. I don't think he's a progressive saviour, but I don't know whether even he would keep um, uh, paying for his deceased father's vanity well, project is, indefinitely. Well, this is it, right? You can't, unless he has it written into the way he hands on the money that the Australian has to continue for X number of years. Um, Lachlan's no businessman. Like, he has proven time and time again, <laughs> this is he true. is not good at the business. <laughs> no. So, it's very possible he may just continue with it blindly, <laughs> knowing that it was it, Dad's It worked thing. for Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, look, maybe you can spin it into a new telco. Oh, please. The again. news.one.tel. Yeah, why not? One.newstel. Yeah. Foxtel. Nagging some synergy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Cheapers. We need to just talk about us. We do. When we talk talk about other people, it just gets sad. Sad and angry. Well, one of us sad and one of us angry. All right. All right, let's let's just stop this here. Okay. We have more than made up for not talking for a long time. We've done nearly two hours. Let's talk next week. Yes. But let's talk about stuff that's actually happening to us. Okay. So we'll need to so do it work before, on a list. Before Thursday, but I'm in. Okay. Well, then maybe we should do it the following week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going to happen between now and that? Wednesday. Nothing. Well, I'll definitely have stuff to report back, but I'll have stuff to talk about before then. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, don't, I mean, don't feel pressure, though. All right, we'll see how we go. Whatever. All right. Well, I'll be thinking of you tomorrow as Thank you. you round out your 100 kilometres. Yes, bring it home, baby. Get it done. I, I, I might even go out for a run in solidarity with you tomorrow. One-tenth of the way there. I can say that because even though I've made all sorts of propositions that I'm not going to do it, I'm definitely going to do it. I'm definitely well, going to do it now. Issue. You've got to do it now. Yeah. Steve, Steve, there are scores of people who've listened to this podcast who now can hold you accountable. As we've, as we've noted before, there's about six and one of them is my wife. <laughs> And she's on my... This is the worst part now. She's on my case when we don't deliver a podcast. <laughs> when we recorded that one before Christmas, she said to me, didn't you guys record a podcast? Where is it? I said, oh, look, there was the thing and blah, blah, blah. As you, you know, yeah. ably explained at the start of the year. Mm. She's like, shouldn't you record another one? <laughs> I feel I feel like, Dave, it's the only time my wife and I talk. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, all right well in that case I, we won't leave her hanging too long no all right it won't, that, and she'll appreciate it i'll speak to you soon thanks dave i love you steve Moore. i love you too bye